Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. So, David, I just want to quickly talk about, so now you're on a three-hour time difference, right? Which absolutely so, blows. Yes. And surprisingly, that one-hour difference has made it difficult to record on some days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, the other night we were supposed to record, you ended up having some dinner that you went to, like a surprise dinner. I don't know how that happens, but it was... Seems no, it was dinner. like a surprise. It, was, it wasn't a surprise dinner. It was a, a last-minute date night between the wife and I. Gotcha. Um, but yet I'm the one who got fucked. <laughs> and, then, and then by the time you reached out to me to you like, Hey, I'm back. I was like in bed already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I didn't get a response, I, I figured you were already out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how was your week? My week was good. I think we got to start with two of the things that, um, have been, well, one's probably affected us the most from music. But one that's kind of, I'm calling it the slap heard around the world. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing about this. Well, Let's make yeah. this one quick. I'm sure everyone that's listening to this, it's already been a week. It's like, uh, I, I get it, but oh, I'm just tired of it. Go ahead. All right. So Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, Yes. right? As, as everybody knows. Yes. But we'll, we will make this quick. The one thing I will say is I've read some articles. And now there's a lot of stuff coming out and everybody's getting attacked for various reasons. Um, you know, things Will Smith has done in the past and then all of a sudden things this other person's done in the past, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing that I thought was pretty funny was they said Will Smith's reaction has made it go from one comedian talking about him and his wife to every comedian talking yeah. about him and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part about the whole thing is, and, and again, I don't know if the timing of the camera angles and whatnot made a difference, but what I saw was Chris Rock says the joke and Will Smith laughs. I saw that. And then they pan over to his wife and she kind of like rolls her eyes and is clearly like not thinking it's funny. But being someone in the public eye, you kind of have to it's just it's part of the job you do something in public guess what someone's going to either make fun of you or they're going to make you out to be a hero like it, you take the good with the bad right right so his initial reaction and then his you know minute and a half later coming up on stage and smacking the shit out of chris rock there, there's a gap in there. there there's there's some footage that we're missing and, and that is him laughing and then you know cut to chris rock i want to know what happened in between him laughing and then him coming up on stage well i could tell you exactly what happened you've never had this has happened to me my wife has hit her elbow on like the table and i start laughing and then i look over and she's not laughing and i'm like no that was not funny i don't know what ooh, i don't know what i was laughing at there um, you know what the most unfortunate thing about the the award show was to me? How much that overshadowed Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli. And the reason why I say that is, first of all, I don't know why these award shows keep bringing out these old people who are all fucking bad. I have up. no idea what you're talking about. I honestly didn't watch the show. That's pr either did I. I actually, from the slap onwards, once my phone started blowing up and the world started blowing up, I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on? So like I watched it online and then I went and watched it live. It was only about that point, 
I think I, by the time I tuned into it, it was like 10, 15 minutes left. But so here's the thing that's unfortunate that got overshadowed. Liza Minnelli comes out in a wheelchair and she's, I believe, suffered multiple strokes. She's pretty old. She's had a lot of problems, health problems. Lady Gaga and her were presenting an award. Lady Gaga went above and beyond to help Liza Minnelli. One point, Liza Minnelli said, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And Lady oh, Gaga wow. was like, don't worry, I'll help you. Another time she had trouble reading the names. Lady Gaga was like, don't worry, I'll do it for you. We'll work together on this. So it, it's, unfortunately, it's the way of society, right? We look at the shit rather than the good stuff. But Oh, yeah, I, I heard nothing about that, which sounds yeah. like a very heartwarming moment that probably should have been, you know, amplified. But with that said, as I was starting to say, I don't know why these award shows bring out these old timers who are so fucking banged up. Yeah. <laughs> about 10 years ago, they brought out Kirk Douglas and he was at like a hundred something at the time. So it was kind of like a celebration of his hundredth birthday, but I don't know the exact number, but I also think by that point he had his hundredth stroke <laughs> and he was, it was fucking terrible. Like you look at him and you're like, Oh, you felt so uncomfortable yeah. the way he was talking and what he was doing. So that, that's the unfortunate thing about the whole thing for me is that that really got overshadowed. And I thought that was a very, for someone who doesn't have a heart, I thought that was a pretty touching moment. The unfortunate thing for me is once again, we're divided. All right. Half of the people, maybe, maybe more than half, half of the people think that it was horrible. Should have never happened. Other half of the people talking about it think Chris Rock deserved it. Or, hey, if you talk about my woman, I'm going to do the same. And it's one of the reasons why I'm absolutely just so sick of hearing about this whole story is, no, it's not okay. Assault is not okay, right? It's never okay to assault someone, let alone at a public event watched by half the world, now probably the whole world, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it's just not. And especially when you spent your entire career in the public eye, you made millions and millions of dollars. And it's not like you don't know that part of the job is to deal with a-hole paparazzi, fans that spit and throw stuff at you, all that other stuff. They're, they're used to it. They know it. You know what I mean? So, and I get it. He had a bad moment. He reacted when he saw his wife was, you know, not happy with the comment. And I get it. Like she's going through a disease, right? And that's the reason why she had to shave her hair. I get it, but it's still not okay. And the fact that there are people that are actually sticking up for Will Smith just absolutely makes me want to vomit. Well, the people I think who are sticking up for him are the old style barbarian men, right? Like I'm going to club my woman and drag her home. Um, to the cave, right? It's that kind of attitude is that, look, let's just put it this way. Let's, let's, you or I go into the office tomorrow and just smack the shit out of somebody for not doing what we wanted them to do. Let's see what happens. Uh, class two <laughs> felony. That's yeah. what happens. You and I are behind bars, minimum six months. Yeah. He's lucky that Chris <laughs> Rock didn't want to press charges because they've known each other for a long time. Yeah. So it's just, uh, again, it's just, it's another one of those things that one divides the country, but two shows you how just stupid we are. Yes. So let's go from the uh, death of Will Smith's possible career, or at least his Academy uh, membership. Oh, no, he's to, done. <laughs> to the unfortunate death of Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah, this one hit me hard. And I'm not, I mean, you're a big Foo Fighters fan. I am so, a pretty big Foo Fighters fan only because you're a big Foo Fighters fan. Like, you got me onto the Foo Fighters. You were like, dude, you got to hear this. So, I mean, a, a lot of that's nostalgic for me, but this one was, 
it hit me hard for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, again, you know, someone that young, our age, you know, to, to go the way that he did, but two, why are people still doing drugs? That's that I don't, I don't understand. It wasn't drug. It was drugs. They said at one point he at least has 10 in his system. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't either. I just, I know it's part of the lifestyle and all those things that come with, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but it, it's cr- like, I just don't get what people see as the benefit of it. And the, not just the benefit of one drug, but like, let me take this and this. And so they're taking uppers to get high and downers to get down and this to balance that. And look, I also think he was on an antidepressant. So there were some probably truly um, doctor prescribed medicines in there, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't get it. And it's so unfortunate and it's so avoidable, right? It was something that was so avoidable. Yeah. And so. it's just, the other thing is when you take a drug, all right, just any, I mean, let's put the prescription stuff aside. When you use, you know, with the intention of getting high mm-hmm. or, or drink, right? You get to a point where you are no longer able to make rational decisions. And, and people will argue this all day long. No, trust me. I, I'm fully aware of what I'm doing when I'm doing drugs. Bullshit. You're not. Okay. You think you are, but you're not. Um, you, you lose the ability to, to stop, right? So, you know, you take one you're a little bit blitz all of a sudden somebody says hey try this you don't know you no longer have the rationalization in your mind to say no so you're just like yeah it sounds like a great idea let's do it and then before you know it i just i just it just it frustrates me because we we've lost quite a few people in the last i would say 10 or 20 years um that should never have died Yes, and most of them out of Seattle, unfortunately. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> <A lot. laughs> so, yeah, it's just crazy. So, rest in peace, Taylor. Um, it's unfortunate. I wish it didn't happen, but, yep. you know, it's the way of the world. Yeah, I mean, you play with, right. uh, with fire, you're going to get burned. Yeah. So, from talking about a couple of those type deaths to somebody who avoided death, so my... <laughs> Father I'm laughing because I know the end of the story. <laughs> my father had a heart attack this week. Yeah, that's so, such a shame. Yeah, Wednesday night he um, was home. Uh, sorry, he was he was at the clubhouse in his community. He was playing some cards or bocce or some shit with the older guys who were around there. Starts getting so he had. Th- there's two signs that they always talk about for heart attacks. There's the oh my left side's numb. Um, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other one, which is sweating, vomiting, head spinning, right? Like a sudden onset of it. Mm -hmm. So he starts feeling that heading, vomiting, head spinning at the club. So he decides to get in his car and drive home, which is, it's two minutes. It's not that far, but I don't know. And I asked him later, I'm like, I don't know why you didn't call fucking 911 from the place. Like, why did Mm -hmm. you go home to do it? Um, so he goes home, he gets into his garage and it's funny how now he starts and look, my dad's very religious. So ultimately when he does die, he he believes it's for the best. So he starts cutting a deal with, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, he's fine. Let me start there. So that (laughs) we we, we both laugh about this because we know how this ends, but it it um, was not funny. Yeah. He, he starts making a deal with God as he's trying to get from the garage to the house was please don't let me die in the garage. At least let me die in the house. If I got to die, no idea why that makes rational sense to him, but he does. So he gets in the house, throws all the shit in the corner, gets to the phone, dialed nine one one. 
Luckily, this guy, he had stents put in 12 years ago. He still had nitroglycerine pills in the house, which I'm not surprised with because when we moved him out of the house 10 years ago, I was finding shit that expired, expired in 1978. So it doesn't surprise me that he still had medicine, Mm -hmm. right? So he takes some of those, which I truly believe saved his life. I think if he didn't take those, and for people who don't know, nitroglycerine is is a pill that when you have a bad heart or you're having a heart attack or or liquid, they give it to you because it re-kicks your heart. It's the same as getting those paddles. Um, And a lot of people who have heart problems actually wear it on a, like a, collar almost on their neck wow. on a necklace they wear a little nitroglycerine pill i did not know that it. yeah um carol shelby who you know worked with ford and created the cobras mm-hmm. the cobra yeah. one of the more popular ones who he had it his whole life he had been taking it for years to fucking keep himself alive oh jeez. um so he takes those gets to the hospital thankfully they do all these different tests and they're like we don't know what what's wrong something's wrong they send him to a better hospital for heart attacks Soon as he gets there, the doctor's like, your fucking results are off the chart. They call me up because I'm his uh, healthcare proxy. And they're like, here's the deal. They're like, we can't, he, he's allergic to some medicine that they give when you do surgery. And normally they give him like two or three days worth of prep for it to, mm-hmm. to counteract it. And then when he has the surgery, it's no big deal. They're like, we can't wait. So they're like, here's the deal. We got to do step one, which is do an angioplasty, which is when they send like a camera and a tube up your arteries to look to for blockage, to look for blockage. Right. And then also to see how bad it is. Right. Doctor's like, we got to start there. It's very possible. He needs open heart surgery. So where does, where does that camera go in? Uh, the vein near your dick, actually. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, um, it, it goes in there and they fucking work up your body, which I don't know, wow. just seems crazy. You would think that somewhere in the chestal area would right. be faster, but uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. So they bring them in. They ask me, they're like, Yuck, you got to make the decision here. I'm like, it's unfortunately, it's worth the risk based on what you're saying. So go do it. They bring them in. They give them all this other medicine to hopefully counteract it. He ends up having one that's 99% blocked and oh, one wow. that's 30% blocked. So if he didn't call the hospital that night, no question in my mind he was dead. If he didn't have the nitroglycerine pills in his house, I don't know, but my guess is 99% sure he'd be dead. So thankfully he got there. They did the surgery. So he had the wherewithal to take the nitroglycerin. Yeah. That's amazing. And I believe based on a comedy made to me, he was now crawling around the house. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Based on something he said. So yeah, he had the, cause they gave it to him when he had his stents put in 12 years ago and they were like, Hey, if you ever have any heart pain, take one of these and then call 911. So he kept it around in the back of his head. Thankfully he hasn't lost his memory like my mom and mm. knew what to do and what to take. So goes through the surgery, rock star, no, they, they clean it out. They do whatever's needed. They put in the stents. The next day he's kind of back to normal. Now being a stubborn old Italian guy he tries to get out of the hospital. Oh, of course. He's like, I'm done here. Like they said, I'm fine. I can go home. He won't start the new regimen of medicine. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the nurse called. So I told him, cause so what happened was happening was they'd go in and explain something to him. They'd be like, you know, you have a net percent of 99% chance of a clocked artery here. Um, and we need to potentially do surgery. What do you think about it? And he's like, well, let me call my son. So he calls me up and he's like, Hey, I bought a blender last week. Um, I'm thinking of using it and I'm like, what? And he's like, well, that's kind of what the doctor said to me. Like he just, 
couldn't translate what they were saying to, to him. Jesus. <laughs> so it was that it was that far off. Like I mean, wow. obviously wasn't talking about a blender, <laughs> right, right, but, you know, right. It I get just, it, but made no fucking sense. So I'm like, put the nurse I, on. <laughs> I taped my fucking number to you to tell you when somebody walks in, you have them call me. So that's what he started doing. Thankfully, so the nurse calls me up and is like, "Look, this is basic level of care." 100% of after this surgery, we give these medicines and he refuses to take them because his doctor didn't prescribe them. So I'm like, well, it, he, so now we get him on the phone. They're both on the phone. They're probably on speaker. And I'm like, well, here's the deal. I don't want you to release until you talk to his doctor. I'm like, if his doctor says he can wait till next week when he goes sees him, I go, I'm, I'm fine. I go, I'm not a fucking doctor. I have no idea. Right. I'm like, but you're telling me that's the basic standard of care. And he just doesn't want it because it's not his doctor. I was like, I don't want him discharged until you talk to his doctor. So and your dad's on the phone at that point. He can hear what you're saying. Oh, yeah. He, he's oh, and not happy. Of course he's not happy. You just fucking overrode him. Yes. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, they pay all this money for us to go to these schools and get these educations. But when right. something comes up for we have to use our education, the fuckers won't listen. Yeah. So they finally get in touch with the doctor. And the doctor's like, yeah. Given the medicines, that's what we have to do. <laughs> so my dad calls me up and look, he's not the best with saying goodbye on the phone anyway. He calls me up and said, they want me to take the medicines. I have to stay at least another day and then just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> so we got him on Friday. We got him out. He's home. Thankfully, he seems okay. Um, you know, he kind of escaped death a little bit there. Is so. he at all like, all right. So he, he had a brush with death, basically. Mm -hmm. It. Is, is he a little bit more like, okay, like thankful that like, he's still around. Is he like walking around like, Hey, this is the first day of the rest of my life. Or is he just, you know, eh, whatever I was he's, ready. He said to my wife and I in the hospital, when you're born, your date that you die is determined. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, Not I, another don't, one of these. I don't necessarily think it was a, wow, man, I got fucking, I got away with one. Though, you know, we, we joked about it a little bit. Like he said, well, when it's my time, it's my time. And I'm like, well, if that's your theory, why'd you take the medicine? <laughs> so he was like, well, you know. It can technically be your time, whatever you want. Yeah. So, um, so the other thing is, like I told him, because obviously, you know, as you know, my brother suffered a heart attack, but my brother had no signs. Yeah. My brother, the morning of, because he had stayed over at my place at that time. The morning of, the only thing he said to me was, oh, I got fucking heartburn, man. Like, whatever we ate last night's kind of bothering me. And then, you know, three hours later, he was dead. So I was Ever since you told me that story, I have um, acid reflux, mm -hmm. right? So ever since you told me that story, uh, the good news is I can make it go, to, go away in like 15 minutes just by taking some Tums. Yeah. When I get heartburn immediately I'm like run to the bottle of Tums that I have, which is like Costco size. And I take two. And if it's not gone in 15 minutes, I'm like nine, one, like just yeah. ready to go. I'm like, this is why I have fucking good health insurance. This yeah. is the reason <laughs> after my brother died, I got into a, um, a little bit of a, I got nervous over stuff, right? Like, of course, some nights I couldn't sleep. Like I felt my heart was beating too fast. And yeah. So like, for the, I think it was about a three week period afterwards that I just couldn't calm down over heart related items because he had no signs. Yeah. And me and my brother have similar bills. Um, so, and we have, you know, similar high blood pressure. We both have cholesterol, all those things that go along with it. So, for those couple of weeks, I ended up getting like a litany of tests. Like, I got 
fucking heart tests. I went to the emergency room. I got CAT scans, MRIs. I got calcium tests where they test how much blockage or potential blockage is in your arteries. Like I fucking went through the gambit because I just, I Yeah, you want to know what's your baseline. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty nerve wracking couple of weeks after that. But so did you, I mean, I know you're a stubborn Italian like me, but had you ever considered therapy at that, at that point? I thought about it, but. Cause that's a I'd, pretty traumatic experience. I mean, well, you were there for the entire thing from the morning till, till the moment, you know, that he went, which is absolutely like that is traumatic as, as you can possibly get. Yeah. And I don't remember if we've talked about this, but also what happened was we stopped at a supermarket yeah. with my kids in the car. Yeah. You did tell me this. Thankfully, I know, you know, thankfully they were playing on their phones, right? They had my phone and my brother's phone. So I don't really think they kind of at that point knew what happened, but I went in, fucking got milk, came back out and he was already like a light shade of blue in the front seat. Oh, wow. So I immediately knew something like he wasn't just sleeping. And, and my son said something to the effect of, oh, I think he's sleeping. I could clearly tell something was wrong. Right. But from that point, I then called 911 and told him where I was. And the hospital was about 10 minutes away on a normal drive. They said, well, we're about 10 minutes from you. So I said, should I wait here? Should I go to the hospital? What should I do? So they said, you decide. So I said, you know what? I'm going to drive to the hospital. So my kids hear that. They see me driving like a fucking animal of to the hospital, right? Yeah. Going through red lights, going around cars, flying down the street. When I pull up to the emergency room, the doctors came out. I called ahead like, hey, you got to get out here. He's fucking, he's in cardiac arrest some, at some, some point of it. I don't know where. They came out. They saw him take my brother out, put him on a stretcher. You heard the guy say it was a, you know, I think he has a heart attack, stuff like that. So afterwards, you know, my kids had a lot of questions and I actually lied to my kids. I told them that I didn't want them to experience that they were there when it happened. Uh, I told them that, oh, they got him inside. He came through a little bit and then unfortunately he had another heart attack. Uh, so that way they don't know that it happened while they were in the car. Yeah. So that was really, really difficult. And that's what led to it all. But for therapy, like I thought about it, but I'm like, I don't know what I'd say, like other than just going over it. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, clearly you've come out on the other end of it and you're, you're fine. I mean, you, you're, you're, you know, you're back to kind of your, your normal self, but when you were going through that, like, you know, anxiety and all that stuff, sometimes it's good to have somebody just kind of rationalize what you're thinking. So just a thought. I was just curious if you had thought I, of it. I know. And, and hookers, I think, charge the same price. So if I was going to go one way, I would have went that way. <laughs> they <laughs> have right. to listen. I'm paying them. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. All right. So what about you? How are your, um, how's your dad? And oh, your geez. Wife well, I was, I, I was going to talk about my dad, but I, I think we already brought the, uh, brought the level of the somberness to, to, uh, <laughs> to a peak, but, uh, I, I guess I'll talk about it. Then we can hopefully move on to a better subject. Um, my dad, my dad, you know, I went to visit him last week and unfortunately my travel schedule this month is just such that I, I can't go visit him every week. And, um, he's at least he was when I was there at a point, I was there probably two, two and a half hours. Um, I'm not sure that he knew I was there. Uh, you know, I went in and sat down, he was sleeping and I brought lunch. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not going to wake. I'm just going to let him sleep. So I started eating my lunch and then every like five or 10 minutes, he would kind of come out of his sleep and then he would look around. 
he would meet eyes with me and then he would like fall back asleep. And I'm like, I don't know how good his sleep is. So I didn't want to disturb it, you know, in case it was just one of those moments where he's having a good, you know, rest after, eh, I want to say like 45 minutes, he kind of, he wakes up and he's looking around and he sees me and, and he starts yelling, he starts screaming like, ah, and I'm like, what's up? You know, what's going on? He's like, I, I ran out of gas. Yeah. Just totally random. And he's like, and they ran out of gas too. We all ran out of gas. And, and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I'm just kind of going along with it. Uh, he's so he's clearly hallucinating or he's, he's dreaming of something. And then he's kind of waking up and he's having a really hard time, you know, figuring out what's real and what's not. Right. And unfortunately that was as good as it got. Like that was the visit. He just, he didn't, he never really acknowledged I was there. I tried to have a conversation with him when he was awake and he just really just couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't complete a sentence. And he, he really didn't make eye contact with me at all. So I don't even, like I said, I, I don't even think he knew that I was there and I brought him a TV too. And I wanted to be like, Hey, look, I got you a TV and smash. I got you yeah, a TV to well, smash. Thankfully he's, he's uh, unable to get up and smash anything. So, <laughs> but he does have a TV now if, if the nurses figure out how to turn it on. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately I, I just think he, he's at that point where he's, He's just not cognizant of what's going on around him. Yeah. And Unfortunately, it, it, it doesn't sucks. get any better. It, it's not going to get better. And at this point, if it were legal to euthanize someone, like I would, I would be okay with it because I can't believe that his current state is better than the permanent rest. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I can't imagine being such a prisoner in your own mind that you no longer know like what's real from what's not. And, you know, I just, I, I, I was sitting there and I, and I almost just lost it because I'm like, this can't be like, this can't be one. It can't be healthy Two, It can't be good. It's not, it can't be comfortable. It can't be for all of those reasons. I'm like, I wish he would just go and be at peace and you know, you just, you just can't. So it's just, you kind of have to sit there and just watch him and the doctor, they check on him all the time. And I get a call once a week and they're like, yeah, you know, he's doing great. And I'm like, no, he's not yeah, like, it's, it's I, relative, I get that he's right? healthy. I get that he's, you know, his heart's fine and all his, you know, his other stuff is fine, but his, his brain is not. And there's not a damn thing I can do about it. And it's the most depressing thing in the world. So, uh, it is what it is you know, I hate to say that, but there's just nothing I can do. And I wish there was, I feel so helpless. Yeah. My dad is quite a few times had says, has said, um, I wish your mother would pass just because it would be easier on her as well as him. Yeah. Which I get it, but yeah, it's difficult. So yeah. I, I'd like to turn this around and have a little yes, please. up here, <laughs> please. Um, but based on how you normally do in Vegas, I doubt this will have a happy ending. How was Vegas? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I dropped another grand and actually no, this, this one wasn't that bad. Um, Vegas. So we took my daughter to Vegas. It was her 21st birthday a few weeks ago and uh, I promised her I would, you know, we would do Vegas right. So we this took her to Vegas now for people who don't remember. This is your second trip to Vegas in about three weeks. 
uh yeah and you had a work a trip weeks. i believe right a work trip i had a work trip and, and then this. yeah and now this and then you and i are going back in a in a few weeks so yes. it's it's the uh, the vegas trilogy um so we had a blast we drove out um it's such a cool feeling being a dad and like you know being able to like drink with your kid and being able to like you know <laughs> We didn't, we didn't get crazy knows that feeling at 11 or 12 <laughs> 12 right <laughs> it is um just a quick question is her boyfriend legal age is he this, oh yeah, yeah. Close, no, he's like but, 24 okay. i think okay yeah so um so yeah he came out with two and the in-laws came out so we had a great time we did some shows um the girls did like the magic mike show um i took the guys to see blue man group which i hadn't seen in probably like 20 25 years so that was fun to see how that show has kind of changed over over time and then i'm assuming you went to magic mike as well <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was in magic mike what are you talking about oh please <laughs> comedy relief you were the comedy relief in it yeah <laughs> Um, and we gambled and I got just such smacked around at the blackjack table. It wasn't even funny. And it's funny cause I, I really wanted to play poker. I haven't played poker in a casino in a long time, but it's, it's like a three hour, four hour like deal away from, you know, family. And I just, that's not why we were there. So I didn't get to play poker at all. But ironically, I went to the roulette table cause I was sick and tired of getting smacked around at, at the, at the blackjack table. And there was one point where I think we, everyone at the table lost like, you know, 10 hands in a row. It was like really, really bad. Like right? you just want to flip the table. And uh, so I went and I played roulette and I look at the table and you know how they show you on the roulette, they show you the last like 30 numbers that yeah, have what's been hot. What's not, what hasn't hit at all. None of my numbers are up there, right? That's a good sign. I have six or seven numbers that I always play and not a single one of them is up there. I actually look at that as a bad sign. That means my numbers aren't like, they're not hitting. So, and that could go on for days, like where your just numbers are just aren't coming up. But I look over at the other table and it's packed. And this table had like some empty seats, clearly for a reason, because everyone was getting obliterated. So I sit down and I play my numbers and I think I put 200 down and then I think I, I lost like 175 bucks in the first like, you know, five, six rolls or whatever. Uh, so I'm down to my last like 30 bucks and I put $5 on, on six different numbers and I hit. So, and I think, what does it pay? 175, 185? 175 on a, to 175 one. on a $5 uh, sorry, bet. Sorry, 36 to one, but $175 on a $5 bet. Yeah. I've never played I've never played it. Never, never at all. <laughs> <laughs> counting, counting. that it's 18 to one <laughs> yeah. you do the four it's nine to one <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I hit and i'm like all right you know what i'll you know i was ready i was like stood up i'm ready to like leave like hey it's just not my night so i hit so i, I sit back down and i'm like all right let me see if i can get back to um you know and now i'm almost back to even so let's see if i can you know actually win some money uh i hit seven of the next ten wow that's awesome seven of ten at a roulette table that is unheard of yeah now for the listeners if you heard before he still lost while he was there yes <laughs> just bear that in mind yes <laughs> but i hit seven of ten at a roulette table that's awesome the last and and i didn't i didn't stick around and try and hit eight out of eleven or after the the seventh one i'm like I gotta go. Like I, I'm done. Like I'm not gonna sit here and give it all back. So I just stood up, cashed out, and walked away. Uh, so I mean that you know made the damage significantly less than it would have been. But yeah, I've never gone on a heater like that at, at, at any gambling event, let alone roulette, which is you have 38 to one odds of hitting a number. 
That's awesome. Because look, when I, when I go to Vegas, right. And this is what frustrates me the most is I think I play blackjack relatively by the book. I think I play craps relatively by the book. Roulette really has no rule. There's no book. It's 100% luck. Yeah. And so when I went on roulette, it's always awesome because it's just, you got lucky and your numbers hit. But all the other things I end up losing on, which is really frustrating because I'm like, and then you see the guy next to you who I was at a table where the guy stayed on a soft six. And for people who aren't gamblers, that means you have no chance of breaking. The only thing you can do is get a 10 and have a 16. And he stayed and the dealer let him stay. And so like this guy next to me though, he's the one fucking winning. He's the one with big fucking stacks in front yeah. of him, you know, hitting everything. <laughs> You're playing so, it correctly and getting yeah, your ass whooped. It's just so fucking frustrating. And poker is one that, again, I think I do okay on. I'm not as good as you at it, but I'll do okay. But I just, my ADD does not allow me to sit down for four hours. To Poker's a game of patience. Bucks, right? yeah. 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 So that's the difficulty. So yeah, poker's been been uh, defined as hours of boredom, boredom followed by moments of terror. <laughs> that's that's a typical Texas Hold'em tournament. I thought that was marriage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me give a little update on my knee surgery and physical therapy. Yeah, how's that going? So I have thankfully I've progressed to a cane from the eighty year old lady walkers right that you use. We use the the walkers where you like click 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 click. <laughs> so now I have a cane, which is good. Um, do you, wait, had, so you have a walker. Do you, do you have like little tennis balls so that it doesn't like scuff the floor? My wife put tennis balls in there so it doesn't <laughs> scuff the floor. Yes, she did. Because she the first couple of days, she was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then she saw like one little scratch and she's like, I'm putting fucking tennis balls on this. <laughs> so yes, we did have please, tennis balls on Please, please send me video. Uh, I'll send you a You're using the walker, walker with please. tennis balls on it. Please. <laughs> so the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting about the whole process of physical therapy and I don't know what the textbook definition of physical therapy is, but it's something to the effect of to cause you a significant amount of pain to make you feel better, right? Because that's what they're <laughs> trying to do. Like, I don't question what they're trying to do. I know what they're trying to do. Like, the leg isn't bending the way it's supposed to, so the guy needs to put a lot of pressure on it. Got to push through it. Yeah, he's got to push through it to make it. So I have physical therapy on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then because of that, on Wednesdays and Fridays, I am in fucking pain the whole day. Mm -hmm. because the guy is like, you know, bending my leg one way, bending the knee another way. Um, and I'm finally getting rid of all the black and blues that are on my leg, which were pretty significant at one point. Um, and the physical therapist is like, oh, your edema is looking better. And I'm like, why can't you just call it black and blue? Like, why do you have to call it an edema? <laughs> and he's like, that's what it is. It's an edema. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm still going to call it a black and blue if that's okay. I'm like, that's what it is. So I have a question for you. Sure. Through all of this, the last couple of weeks, this physical therapy, mm -hmm. do you now realize how much of a little bitch you are? If I didn't, when I went to the doctor on my three-week checkup, and he basically, not very nicely, but a little bit nicer than the way you said it, told me, yeah, it's going to hurt. You have fucking <laughs> knee surgery. He's like, he's like, just go through the physical therapy and you'll get better. <laughs> So he, he wasn't much nicer than you, but he did get that same message across. <laughs> so. I, I don't, I don't understand how you've had so many tattoos done. Cause you see, look, I, I've never been, I, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm doing what, what best friends do. I, I'm giving you a hard time. Right. Yes. Um, no, I don't believe you're a little bitch, but I love and saying I it because there, it I sounds so Will good. Smith you right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just it, it based upon how you're telling these stories over the last couple of weeks, you just sound like such a little bitch. Like you just can't take pain. And I know how many tattoos you have. So it's, it's like, come on, dude, like you've sat there for hours while someone's literally stabbed you in the back repeatedly. Why is this so hard for you? I don't, I don't know. It, you know what it is too? I think pain with mobility, I would feel different. I think what's making it worse is I can't get around. I can't sit up most of the time. Like right now I'm sitting with you. This is the longest I've sat since the last time we recorded. Yeah. Right? I'm just not sitting up much. So I think all of that's making it worse and then just making me think about it more. Yeah. yeah look, I think, I think in general, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how people do it. Like, I don't know how people go to war. <laughs> I don't know how people do <laughs> shit like that. Cause I am fucking so terrible with stuff like this. I mean, forget about it. So oh, I love it. It's just funny. Cause you're, you're like, you're this big manly man. And then like, you know, you just can't push through the pain. No, it hurts. So it's, all, it's all a front. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. And you know what I think has made it worse. And we've talked about this before is I, I I don't think I have a lower tolerance, but I think I've been more emotional since I've had kids. Oh it's yeah. The whole process yeah. of it. Yeah. So. Especially girls. I think, I think when you have boys, you kind of, you're always kind of like, you want to toughen them up, mm. you know, but when you have a girl, there's no toughening them up. They soften the shit out of you. Yeah. So you immediately have emotions. Like I remember watching a movie that i've probably seen 10 times i don't know probably like titanic right <laughs> and when like leonardo dicaprio dies all of a sudden you're like why the fuck am i crying what the hell happened to me <laughs> yeah i was doing that during the uh, coach k retirement video yesterday oh jesus i'm like i didn't even go to fucking duke i don't even know this guy <laughs> i was like he's had such a good career i can't believe it. it's over it's so sad and then one of the other things the lady said that really got me she's like god gave him three daughters life gave him 40 years of sons and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> speaking speaking of being a little bit so you've been a pet person your whole life right yeah you, I, I, much like to my demise too because i'm i'm definitely allergic to most dogs and all cats yeah and you've had you've had a dog either you've had a cat your whole life but it was, it was mainly an outside cat that was kind of like eh, fuck you i'll come in when you're gonna feed me but it was an yeah, outside cat. Yeah. but you've had a dog one way or another basically forever almost my entire life yeah yeah so I was never really a pet person. And the only time when I was younger, we had a pet for a little bit is my aunt had a bird. She didn't want it anymore. You had she a bird. It, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. She gave it to us. We had it for about six months. A fucking we parakeet. Like, I hated that thing. Every time yeah. I try to like pet it or like stick my hand in the cage, it would attack me. Yeah. Your hand. Right. It was your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one time we stepped on the bird's tail by accident. He got on the floor and was oh, running. Oh, that's probably why. And it made him blow his hair off his head. Oh, it was shit. crazy. So he had like a fryer tuck on the top of his head. There was no hair. <laughs> it was fucking insane. I'm like, how is those two things connected? But so, but we got cats a little over a year ago now, right? And I, I look, I wanted dogs. My wife said we we're not getting a dog. Well, it started with I wanted a kid. Well, it was no. always going to be plural. Like you were always going to get more than one. I always wanted two because I always felt that they could be each other's best friend. So, well, not the kid. We would have had one, but she was like, no to that. Wanted a third kid, no. So I was like, how about we get some dogs? No. Um, how about we get some cats? Originally she said no, and then she kind of came around to it after a while. And so we got two cats. And one of them is, is an animal. Willow is her name. Willow is, she causes all the trouble, scratches everything, tries to get out of the house whenever somebody's at the door, all of that. 
Kretzky, on the other hand, the, the veterinarian has said she believes she was probably the runt of the litter because mm-hmm. she's a little bit meek, loud noises scare her. Um, she never tries to get out, never causes really any trouble, though she's learning some bad habits from her sister, but relatively good one. When the guy came over to upgrade my IT stuff, I couldn't find Gretzky. And it's funny because of the two of them, like if Willow got out, I'm like, she's the one who would be fucking like giving other cats noogies and like all of a sudden running a gang while Willow, (laughs) I mean, while Gretzky, I'm like, she won't survive. Like she just won't survive out there. So couldn't find her for four hours. Oh, And so now there's a hiding spot that I looked twice, didn't see her. Now I'm going, I'm dragging my ass upstairs, dragging myself downstairs, dragging myself here, there, looking all over, looking at the cameras outside to see if it picks up her leaving. My wife's supposed to come home. I'm like, you got to get home. I'm like, I can't find the fucking cat. I need you to go around the neighborhood and look for the cat. She's like, oh, I'll be home soon. I'll be home soon. She comes home. She spends like three minutes going and she finds the cat. <laughs> so happens. Outside? No, in her hiding spot, but even further back than usual. So I, I couldn't see her. And with the bad knee, like I can't really get around. Yeah, you're not climbing down there. So yeah. So she gets her and Willow, the one who's the most likely to escape, we put an air tag on her. Apple air tag. You can buy a collar and it has an air tag. So I'm like, yep, Gretzky's just earned an air tag now because now I don't trust her anymore. And my wife's like, just one time, what's the big deal? So she looks at me and I have fucking tears in my eyes. But I'm like, I didn't think, I thought she got out. Oh, I didn't think she'd make it if she got out. <laughs> and my wife's like, oh my, she's like, are you crying? And I'm like, close. I'm like, I, I, go, I, I, I thought she got out of the house. So she's earned herself an air tag now as well. So now they both have air tags. You big softy. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you see any sports while you were in uh, Vegas this time? Um, well, obviously the final, the, the final four, um, I, again, we're, we're there not to like go to the sports book and hang out. Like I'm there for my daughter. So we spent lots of time. We did some nice restaurants. We spent the day at the pool cause that's what she wanted to do. So I didn't get to watch a lot of sports, but obviously I was keeping tabs on the scores of the games and stuff like that. So I'm aware, you know, what happened and who's going to the, the championship game. So all good stuff. I, you know, we tried to watch the Phoenix suns while we were out there, uh, the last two games for the Suns have not been that great because they're just sitting all their starters. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm just waiting for the hockey and the uh, NBA playoffs. And then, obviously, I'll probably watch the Final Four, uh, or the, the Final Four, the M- NCAA championship game. Um, I think it's this week, is it? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. The women's is tonight, but UConn's getting blown out. Yeah, the women's is over. I don't want to, I guess we can ruin it now. Um, UConn lost, but. Yeah, so I figured uh, they, they were down the whole game. So what, what expectations do you have for your teams? It's tough. I I mean, you're a Mets fan like I am, right? And for the last four or five seasons, the expectations have been really fucking high because their payroll is so high. And then this year, especially they went out and spent a shit ton of money. Right. So the Mets went and bankrolled the hell out of the team and got Max Scherzer and got they brought back a bunch of the great players you've got Degrom, who's a multiple time cy young award winner you've got scherzer who i also believe won the cy young award at least once i think he's won it at least twice as well yeah i mean so you have all these expectations the friggin the the bar is super super high and then Degrom and scherzer are both out now for like four weeks a piece like and the season starts in in like 
a couple days. Yeah, so you like, can't, you can't win, man. I can't. I, I'm so over it. Miami Dolphins went and spent like I don't know 350 million dollars in the last three weeks on all these high level players. So the expectations for them are super super high. And that's another one of my teams. For those of you that don't know, Phoenix Suns. Best team in the NBA in every category, all right? In record, away record, home record, all of that. Anything less than a championship this year is going to be an extreme letdown for everybody, including myself. Agreed. Rangers, my other team of the four teams, right? My other of the four sports, the Rangers, super high expectations, not because they were supposed to be where they are, okay? They're, they're in a rebuild, right? So they were... You know, as far as timelines go, a few years ahead of schedule yeah. for where they need to be. Um, last time I checked, there's something like third, third place in uh, in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, and this is what happens, right? Your expectations now go up because they've been doing so well. Yeah. So at this point, the playoffs for me cannot get here quick enough. I don't care about the regular season anymore. Rangers are almost guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Suns clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So uh, my Knicks, oh Jesus, my other my other team. See, that's another team that I don't understand with the yeah. amount of money they have and they throw around, how they can be this bad for this long. And again, on paper at the beginning of the season, they were playoff contenders. They barely missed the playoff. No, that they made the playoffs last year. They got knocked down the first round by Atlanta. So the expectations were them to go further this year because not only did they bring back everybody, they 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 beefed up the offense. Nope, done. They're they're basically going to get eliminated in the next forty eight hours if they lose yeah. a game. So you know it's funny you kind of like the expectations and stuff like that. So this week, I believe it was, could have even been today. Skip Bayless comes out, I guess he bumped into Larry Bird for the first time, like it sounds like in 40 years. And he, apo he apologized to Larry Bird because he told him he had such low expectations for him when he came out of college <laughs> that he thought he wasn't going to be anything. And then he was this massive player. And he said, Larry Bird was like, meh, and just walked away. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Skip Bells yeah. is an asshole anyway. Yeah, Everybody nobody likes about. him. But the, the reminded He's me. He's right up great, there with Jim Rome. Yes. Yeah. Jim Rome. Do you and remember when he Smith. kept calling Jim Rome kept calling Jim Everett Chris Everett? Yes. And, and he, he flipped said, the you table. Call me that one more time. I'm going to flip this table over and they're going to have to go to commercial break. Yeah. And he said, I don't think you will, Chris Everett. And he flipped the table <laughs> and they went to commercial break. Uh, but um, so it reminds me of a story about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I was on a street corner somewhere just kind of walking and there was all of these. Um, black kids, and they were talking about basketball players. And every single time somebody mentioned a white player, they were like, get the fuck out of here with that guy. Like somebody would be like, you know, John Stockton, and they were like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he could pass a lot, but that was it. He never won anything. Get the fuck out of here. Another white player, get the fuck out of here. Finally, somebody, one of the guys like, oh yeah, what about Larry Bird? And all the guys just stopped, and they were like, yeah, that motherfucker could play. <laughs> They're like, we gotta give him. He could play. <laughs> so it just reminded me of that story when they talked about Skip Bayless. Yeah, and, uh, I would love to see. Um, I th think I told you this. My son and I watched the Last Dance, and absolutely loved it. It was yeah. phenomenal. And he's 
Because he kept on asking me, come on, LeBron's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even having this conversation with you until we watch The Last Dance because you have to see. Because you, you didn't even get to experience Michael Jordan at all, let alone in his prime. So we watched that. And after we were done, he's like, yeah, MJ, MJ he's the GOAT for sure. Well, it's also like we didn't get to experience kind of like Oscar Robertson and Or Will Russell Chamberlain or, or yeah. Yeah, all those guys. Who, of course, you know, it's, of course. The game's changed so much, right? You can't really compare apples to apples anymore. Yeah. But yeah, we, like we've never experienced any of those guys to see what yeah. they were like. And they'll and never Oscar play Robinson. each other. So right. you just you, you just don't know. It's it's a stupid conversation to have. If you want to you want to measure like championship rings, I think that becomes a little bit different. Okay, you know what? He was the best, you know, player in the 20 years that he played. Like it's a Tom Brady conversation, right? Yes. The GOAT. Who's the GOAT? Well, it's it's kind of hard to argue with Tom Brady's results. And, well, and the I fact that he did it with two different teams. Yeah. I think Tom Brady and Wayne Gretzky have become a very difficult argument to not pick them. Not to say yeah. you can't have the argument, but like, like Gretzky, they talk about how even if like Ovechkin's, I think like 120 goals away from him or something like that. Right. And they're like, oh, he could pass him, um, you know, based on the amount of years. But when you go back and you look at Gretzky's numbers, how far removed he is from somebody and how you talk about all of this stuff. And then you have to add his like 1800 points that he has on just assists, right? So it's not just the 900 something goals. He also has 1800 points in assists. So his, his total numbers are so astronomical above everybody. And Tom Brady with seven Super Bowls is so above everybody else that it becomes hard, but there is still people still have the argument. People still talk about Joe Namath and you know all these other guys from again the forties and fifties and sixties who we never saw. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, we we were going going down that path. But what I was trying to say was, I would love to see a Larry Bird documentary, much like The Last Dance, because the stories about how competitive he was and how dirty of a player he was and um just how he would he was the, one of the biggest smack talkers in the league but you hear all those things but i really want to like i want to experience it i want to see it i want somebody to put together the footage i want people to tell the stories the same way they told stories about michael jordan about the time that you know they pissed michael jordan off before the game and he dropped 60 points on him that night like larry bird has very similar legendary stories being told yeah. about him i really want to see all that come to fruition so as an example of those stories he walked into the three-point competition and said who's coming in second and then went and won it <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the big and, thing and didn't take off his his practice uh <laughs> his jumpers like he everybody else went out there in their uniforms he literally left his warm-up clothes on and won it <laughs> yeah so i got a question i know we're getting up there in time so i just have a question for you mm -hmm. have you ever heard of audiobooks of course. Right. They've been around, would you say, 30 years? Maybe more? At least. I mean, there are fucking audiobooks on cassette. So, I mean, if that dates it, I don't know. You know, okay. I mean, it's got to be at least 30 years. So, oh yeah, because CDs came out in 89. So, yeah. yeah. So, keeping with state-of-the-art technology, there's a new app that allows you to take a photo of a book page and then it reads it to you. It's but that sounds speech. fucking laborious. It's called Speechify. 
Huh. Wouldn't that just be an audiobook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I obviously so an audiobook you have someone narrating it, right? But I can see like for like a legal document, which unfortunately I have to review contracts probably a couple mm -hmm. times a, a month at my job. I would love to have somebody read me that. In fact, I would love to pick who the person is that reads it. Like I'd pick Jonathan Cleese almost every time. Well, see, that's the thing though. It you you'd pick somebody cool to do it. But you know it's going to be fucking robot boy, and it's yeah. going to be like you need to invest three thousand dollars, or you're going to it's, David. Like it's yeah. Stephen Hawking reading to you. Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, last item I have. I get really frustrated on stuff that I just don't know, and I just want it to work. So let's give you an example. And we've I've just had to spend five hundred dollars. We're to not going to talk about it. your dick again, are we? No, no, no. That Viagra fixed that a long time ago. Okay, good. Um, that's why I was in Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, your private showing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so we never touched the heat, right? We got a new house. Thankfully, it holds the heat really well. We set it at 70 when we turned it on. And was that a problem in your old house? No, an old house was a new house as well. So we never had, but growing up, it was like, an Atari joystick. Like we were like up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Right. Cause you, the heat was all over the place. So we turn it on in late November, December, whenever, and we fucking, we don't touch it the whole time. It stays basically at 70 the whole time. And it goes on and off. Right. Granted, but we never touch it. First time this winter, I was cold the other day. Couldn't get warmed up. I don't know why. Raised the temperature, ranged it from 70 to 73. For some reason, it sent the heat into a fucking spiral where the top floor was 85 degrees. <laughs> Even though it said 73 on the second floor, it's three zones. So this shouldn't really affect the other ones. And so like, it's little things like that, that it's such a little thing that I'm like, this button says 70. Why isn't it 70? So I've had to now get nest um, thermometers because I had this problem in the basement last year where the basement's colder than the rest of that. Even though it's a finished basement, it's colder. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the heat never was catching up to it because the other heats on the other floors were kind of saying, no, no, we're good, we're good. So the basement kept shutting off. So I got a nest for it last year, fixed it. It works great now. keeps the temperature 70 like it's supposed to. So I had to get two fucking new nestings for the second and third floor, uh, for the first and second floor, to, to fucking control the heat. So we'll see what happens. But it's such a little thing like that. Like, I noise the shit out of me i think the funny thing about the nest or at least what nest has done to societal like norms my wife and i will will i, I don't want to say fight because we don't fight ever but like we'll get in a little spats where like one or two degrees makes all the difference mm -hmm. like she'll she's typically likes it colder than i do uh, and like she'll to, to a point where I'll be under the cover shivering and I'll be like, no, no, fuck this. Like, and I'll get up and I'll change it. And like, we'll, we'll constantly like little like moving it like one degree in either direction. Like, like either of us can actually tell the difference between one degree between 72 and 73 degrees in the house. There's no fucking way, but we'll still like, we'll sit there and we'll do it. We'll nudge it just a tiny little bit just to make sure. Well, I'm on your wife's team because when I was there, I'm like, Dave, we got to turn down the fucking air conditioning in this place. I'm like, I am fucking dying. <laughs> so she gets my vote. All right. Anything else from you? Nothing. All right. With that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored.